My friends, good morning. You know, I can uh, remember July 6, 1997 as if it was yesterday. It's just over uh, 23 years ago, but I remember many details of that life-changing day in my life. They're, well, in a certain sense, permanently etched in my heart and mind. It was a Sunday, and I went to Mass. Of course, I was uh, a parishioner at St. Andrew the Apostle in Clifton. As usual, I wore uh, some jeans and a white polo shirt, and I sat in the same section I had sat in since I arrived there about a year ago. It was by the door, closest to my vehicle, seven rows from the front. I was by the aisle, very inconspicuous. I always would pick that spot, trying not to be noticed. My plan would be to slip in and to slip out. This was my weekly plan. That day, a family of four arrived late and forced me to the center of the aisle. I arrived alone, as I did most Sundays. I would leave by myself that day, but for the very first time in my life, I realized that I was not alone. My life forever changed that day, and I will never forget it. Like that day, I still do get a little emotional and goosebumps, if you will, thinking about it. For a few days before July 6, 1997, St. Andrews got a new pastor and this was his first Sunday. And when he began to preach, I just sensed something was different. He spoke about a subtle but very important change he made in the sanctuary that I'm ashamed to admit that I had not noticed. He moved the tabernacle to the center. It wasn't like it was off, it was out of the sanctuary, like in some churches, it was off to the side. And the church. The uh, priest's chair was in the center, and he simply swapped the two. And very importantly spoke about the divine person in the tabernacle, and that this person, Jesus Christ, would be the center of all we did in his parish. I learned later that a parishioner that I know well, she literally wept when she saw this happening on his very first day at arriving tears of joy. And as Father Vizzano preached, I became transfixed on his every word, knowing that something very important was in fact happening. Surely I had heard these words before, but it was as if I was hearing them for the very first time. Friends, this was the start of an incredible journey in my life, or perhaps a speeding up, if you will, or perhaps uh, putting back on track of a journey that had begun, begun so long ago. The Lord, in that moment, had moved my heart and mind from that hardened path to the rocky ground and to the thorny soil, and finally, over time, to rich soil. He did this by planting many seeds of grace. The evil one on that day did not swoop down and steal the seed that had been planted. And I would spend the next few years, my whole life, really removing the rocks, 
removing the thorns. It would require, still does require, much grace. I did that in part by being introduced by Father Fasano to many of the saints. First and foremost, of course, Padre Pio, the Blessed Mother, Saint Joseph, and ultimately to Saint Therese. I was hungry. I was truly thirsty. Thirsty and hungry for truth, beauty, and goodness. And I discovered that I am not a weed. I'm not worthless. I'm wheat. And like all of us here, I was called to bear much fruit. I discovered this treasure, this treasure hidden in the field, which is the Lord. And I discovered that I am, like you are, a pearl of great price, a great price that was paid for us on the cross. My friends, before I knew it, I was going to Mass Saturday mornings too. And then it was Wednesday night, and before you knew it, before I knew it, there was nothing that could prevent me from being at Mass every day. St. Paul's words in the second reading from Romans resonated with me then, and they continue to resonate with me now. What will separate us from the love of Christ? That answer for me that day became nothing. Nothing could eventually separate me from him. I had discovered what is right there, right there in our tabernacle, in the tabernacle of every church, every Catholic church, and I discovered that he will, in a few moments, through this broken priest and through some uh, common uh, elements of bread and wine, become present here on this beautiful altar. He is there. I was convinced, as Paul says, that neither death nor life nor present things nor future things, or on and on and on. None of these things will be able to separate me, separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I realized as a friend, an 18th century French priest, Jean-Pierre de Calçade said, without him, everything is nothing. With him, nothing is everything. And all my stuff, all the stuff that I spent my life accumulating stopped to matter. My house, my car, my boat seemed to be just stuff. My fancy title at work seemed so unimportant now. And I began to sing like the psalmist in today's mass. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. I joined RCIA. I knew I did not know our Catholic faith well enough. I joined a Bible study, and I went to confession. It had been more than 10 years, shamefully, and I discovered a God of love and mercy. And for the very first time in my life, I joined a Catholic community of faith. And I learned that I was called, like we are all called, to make sacrifices and to enter into the silence. I developed a relationship with Jesus. Of course, he revealed himself to me more perfectly. And as he did so, he revealed myself to me more perfectly. And in doing so, I discovered my vocation. To holiness, of course, but ultimately to the seminary and to the priesthood. All this happened, my friends, because a priest spoke of the truth, beauty, and goodness of the greatest gift in the world, the most blessed sacrament. I continue to discover that the Lord waits for me. He waits for me right there, and he uh, waits for me in our rectory chapel every day. And he desires me, and he desires you. And he desires to spend time with us. 
He transforms us first by that gaze, that intimate gaze into the Eucharistic face of our Lord where we empty ourselves. And he fills us with his grace, especially when we are able to receive him. My friends, the multiplication of the loaves and fishes in today's gospel is only a shadow, a foreshadowing, if you will, of the reality that we celebrate here and now, real, yet hidden, hidden behind what only will appear to be bread and wine. Perhaps this is why we spent the last three Sundays meditating on the parables where the Lord hides in order to reveal. In the parables, Pope Benedict said, Jesus is speaking of himself, explaining the mystery of his mission and thus the mystery of the kingdom, this great mystery. His mission was to enter into our world, to teach us who he is, to suffer and die for us, to conquer sin and death for us by rising from the dead, and then to ascend into heaven, again, not to leave us alone, but to ascend into the sacraments so you and I could truly encounter a God of love and mercy. The gospel says that Jesus withdrew after hearing of the death of John the Baptist. He withdrew not because he was afraid, but he withdrew in order to make space for us. He withdrew to create in us a longing, a seeking for him, so we'd follow him to that deserted place. Follow him to that deserved, deserted place so we could be healed and fed. Jesus knew what he was doing by allowing this long day, these long days to progress, that the people would become hungry. He knew this. He knew that the disciples would be on their last nerve. This was his plan. The disciples wanted to dismiss the crowds, to dismiss, to scatter them. The devil, too, likes to scatter. He likes to separate. But Jesus would not dismiss. He would invite. He would invite them. He invites all of us into the unimaginable union, this great mystery that he desires for us to be in him and him in us. His request seemed impossible. Give them some food yourselves. Yet his request is absolutely brilliant. In it, he realized our inadequacy. His request, we realize that we are unable. We can't, but he can, and he did promise. We recognize our need for him. We recognize our dependence upon him. And of course, he makes up the difference. We give him our puny offering, we give him ourselves, and he makes up the difference. My grace is sufficient for you, he says. Power is made perfect in weakness. It all end by quoting our beloved Therese. Do you realize that Jesus is there in the tabernacle expressly for you? For you alone, she says. He burns. He burns with the desire to come into your heart. Go without fear to receive the Jesus of peace and love. My friends, I pray you have had that same experience, an experience of encounter with the God of love and mercy in the most blessed sacrament. We have reached now today 
the halfway point of our liturgical season. There is much more that he desires to do in us. This first half has been rough, let's say. But open our hearts and our minds widely. Perhaps August 2nd, 2020 will be that life-changing moment for all of us where we truly, maybe even for the very first time, open ourselves up to the infinite grace of the great mystery of the Eucharist. And may God be praised. Amen. <laughs>